do want to extend greetings to each one, in the name of the Lord Jesus. My message today is uh, entitled, The Day of Noah and Lot. Uh, some of you who have uh, um, been here a long time may have remembered me preaching on this subject. Um, it's been a, a quite a number of years. Uh, what, what sparked my uh, interest in this subject again uh, the idea that perhaps I should bring this message again and it it won't be exactly like the one like before because there's always additions and so on. What sparked this is uh, a number of weeks ago, maybe a month or so ago or more, uh, the, uh, the news was uh, all about uh, same-sex marriage uh, gay lifestyle, and uh, it seemed like uh, state after state, country after country is 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 caving into the demands of of uh, the gay society, and uh, that's not the only thing. The uh, as we'll read in uh, in the Word of God this morning, the. Uh, the earth at the time of the flood, the day of Noah, the earth was filled with violence. I copied down uh, several uh, news headlines from yesterday. Here they are. Scores of demonstrators killed in Egypt. Uh, Florida gunman who seized hostages and killed six people. Syria missile kills 29. Deadly suicide bombing strikes Turkish mission in Somalia. Fort Hood shooter accused of killing 13 and wounding 32. Those are just yesterday, some headlines from yesterday. And so, uh, in turning then to the Word of God, uh, the uh, Jesus... I'd like to start with what Jesus told us. Uh, he says in Matthew 24, uh, 37 to 39, here are these verses. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Also, uh, the verses in Luke 17, almost the same, but then Jesus also adds the idea or the, the, the account of Lot. Uh, these verses are Luke 17, starting at verse 26. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise also as it was in the days of Lot. They did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. 
But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. And Jesus, uh, Jesus uses these verses and uh, talks of these verses as a uh, somewhat of a, a gauge or a, an example. And he's saying that's how it will be uh, when the, the Son of Man returns. When Jesus returns, when I return, uh, the, the world will be uh, a lot like it was in the days of Noah and Lot. And so it's, a, it's, a, uh, it's an example for us. Uh, we have further verses that would uh, bring this out. Second um, Peter 3, verses 5 to 7, say it like this. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world then, that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now, by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. <clears throat> and also, uh, it talks of these uh, three things, three, um, uh, at least three things that are an example of, uh, uh, example to us of uh, God's judgment. And that's found in uh, 2 Peter 3, uh, starting at verse 5, it says, uh, or actually verse 4, For if God spared not the angels that sinned, notice the three things that God didn't spare here in these verses. Uh, For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them that with an overflow, making them an ensample unto those that after should live ungodly. And so the, the example there of God not sparing those uh, three things, the angels that sinned, uh, the old world, which was uh, before the flood, and um, the cities of Sodom. He, he did, it says he, he didn't spare those three things. He destroyed in the, or judged those three in those three areas. And uh, they were then an example to everyone after that that would live ungodly. And so are they examples to us? Well, they are warnings. Um, I'm trusting that uh, we here this morning are not among those who are living ungodly lives, but yet it still is a warning that uh, we don't want to fall into that kind of a life. <clears throat> um, Jesus talked about uh, the days of Noah. He says they did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage, also, uh, the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. Uh, is there anything wrong with these things? 
Uh, we, uh, we think, and perhaps rightly so, that in those days they were doing normal, ordinary things. Uh, but if we go into, uh, and we'll turn to Genesis, some of the very first chapters, if we go into that, there's, there's a deeper, uh, um, it adds to some of that that it talks about. There's deeper things, and it uh, gives more of a detail, more of the details in uh, the book of Genesis. And we want to look at that just a little bit uh, now. Uh, go to Genesis, the uh, fourth chapter. And I'll start reading um, at verse 16. It's uh, just the setting here is that it, st- it tar- starts in verse 16, or it talks about Cain there. And just before that, it gives the account of how Cain uh, rose up and killed his brother. And, uh, and then uh, it talks about the judgment that God pronounced on Cain. And then in verse 16, it says, And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. And Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bare Enoch. And he builded a city and called his name, called the name of the city after the name of his son, Enoch. And unto Enoch was born Irid, and Irid beget Mahujil, and Mahujil beget Methusiel, and Methusiel beget Lamech. And Lamech took unto him two wives. The name of the one was Ada, and the name of the other Zillah. And Ada bare Jabal which was the father of such as dwell in tents and of such as have cattle. And his brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all such as handle the harp and organ. And Zillah, she also bare Tubal-Cain, an instructor of every artificer in brass and iron, and the sister of Tubal-Cain was Naamah. And Lamech sent unto his wives, Ada and Zillah, Hear my voice, you wives of Lamech. Hearken unto my speech, for I have slain a man to my wounding, and a young man to my hurt. If Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, truly Lamech seventy and sevenfold. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bare his son, and called his name Seth. For God, she said, hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. And to Seth, to him also there was born a son, and he called his name Enos. Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. Uh, we see here the uh, uh, after Cain uh, killed his brother and was judged by God and he went out from the presence of the Lord it says and uh, when a person goes out and ignores the presence of the Lord things go downhill from that point and it did here with Cain and his descendants uh, also, we see here that uh, they, they, uh, these, were, these were people who were actually quite uh, advanced as far as civilization is concerned. If you notice how uh, they, had, uh, they dwelt in tents, but they had uh, cattle. They were cattlemen, some of them. Uh, some of them were inventors, talked about the, the harp and the organ. Uh, they were instructor of every artificer in brass and iron. Uh, the uh, the idea here that you know they they were these weren't cavemen. 
These were not men who walked around hunched over like gorillas and carried clubs. Uh, these were men who, who, had, who were uh, intelligent. They, they, they were men who could, uh, could uh, invent. They were men who were, were skilled. And um, that, didn't, that didn't make it uh, so that they were any more godly. Uh, because uh, it seemed like they went downhill from there. You know, Jesus said uh, when, when the, the Pharisees talked to him about uh, divorce, talked to him about uh, uh, divorcing a wife and marrying another, and, uh, and then he said, uh, he said that Moses permitted it because of the hardness of his heart. But in the beginning it was not so. And he went way back to the very beginning where God created a wife for Adam, one man and one woman, and that was marriage. But here, you notice already the son of, of uh, or the grandson of, of Cain says, and Lamech took unto him two wives. And so already we have the idea of multiple marriages here. And, uh, and then... Uh, we go a little further, and Lamech um, killed a man. I have slain a man, uh, I think one of the other translations I read said, I have slain a man who, who beat me. And, uh, and then he boasted about it. It was, you know, it was, uh, it was something that he, he told his wives, you know, I'm, uh, I've done this, and it was, it was boastful. It was, seemed like he boasted about it. And not only that, but he said that uh, if, if my grandfather Cain was avenged seven times, he said, I'd be avenged 70 times seven. And uh, so they, um, we, we have this, you know, they, it wasn't just uh, like Jesus said, uh, they did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage, which all of these things are, are probably legitimate, but uh, there's we find as we go back into the the original uh, that Jesus was talking about, we find here that it was deeper than that, and it was far worse than that, and it was those things that were that were not uh, um, not legitimate in God's sight. <clears throat> okay, then we move ahead to uh, chapter six, and we find more. Uh, and it came to pass this is for verse 1 it came to pass when men began to multiply in the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair and they took them wives of all which they chose uh, and the Lord said my spirit shall not always strive with men for he also is flesh, yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men of which were of old, men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of men was great and the earth, in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man in the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both men and beast and the creeping things 
and the fowl of the air, for it repented me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth, was also, the earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked down upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto, unto Noah, the, the end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. The, um, we have here... First of all, it says they took wives of all they chose. It seemed like their their passions were unrestrained. They had uh, not only multiple wives, but it seemed like more than that even. And uh, they they chose. Uh, it says that the daughters of men were fair, and so they seemed like they chose uh, their wives. Uh, because of looks and uh, because of outward appearance, it was something that uh, you know they were they were uh, uh, they were um, motivated by that rather than than uh, uh, godly uh, character. Uh, it says there were giants in the earth in those days. I'm not sure what uh, what all that means. It seemed like they were. They were, um, perhaps that's, would be some of the, uh, well, no, they, if they all were killed in the flood, it wouldn't be descended, or uh, Goliath wouldn't have descended from them. But it says there were giants in the earth. Uh, not only that, but it says uh, the, uh, the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men. It seemed like they were, uh, uh, there, there were two classes of people here. Uh, if we go back to chapter 4 and verse 26, I read that. And to Seth, uh, to him also there was born children, and he called his name Enos. Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. And we see here then in chapter uh, 5 that there, were, uh, there was a godly line of people, a people who were descendants of Seth, who seemed were uh, were those that uh, followed God. Enoch is one of those. Uh, the Bible tells us he was a man who walked with God, and he was so close to God that God took him without death. Also, uh, Methuselah would be, uh, I think perhaps, um, would that be the grandfather of, of Noah, uh, the man who lived to be the oldest um, uh, in the that it talks about here, and uh, it seemed like there was a, a line of of people, a line of men who were following uh, the Lord, who were godly. It calls them here the sons of God. But then there were those of their children, those of their descendants, and those of the of that uh, of, the, of those uh, uh, children who grew up and looked over to that other line of Cain uh, for, and Cain's descendants and uh, all of the debauchery and the violence and the, uh, the uh, sin that was in Cain's descendants and uh, these descendants of, of, uh, of Seth began to marry into 
those who were not godly. And they became, it says, mighty men which were of old men of renown. And I don't think that's a, a compliment to them. It was uh, those, those people who people uh, who, um, who peopled the world uh, that were wicked and uh, who filled the earth with violence, uh, whose every imagination with thought of his heart was only evil continually. Uh, center line of my Bible says the whole imagination with purposes and desires of the heart. It seemed like it was so, they were so wicked and their imagination was so far um, burned toward wickedness that they couldn't even think good. They, could, they didn't have good thoughts at all. And they filled the earth with violence, they filled the earth with corruptness, uh, with sin, and it was so bad that uh, God looked down and he, he just, he couldn't take it anymore. The days of Noah and Lot. Uh, Jesus said, like it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. What about the day of Lot? We go a little further into Genesis. We have uh, we have Lot, who was a, a nephew to Abraham. Um, Lot was a uh, orphan, I guess you would say, that uh, Abram took with him when he went, and. Um, He became uh, uh, wealthy, I guess, because of his living with uh, Abraham, and uh, they they both became quite wealthy, and and it got to the place where the the land couldn't support them both, and uh, we know that story how Abraham said, "You you choose," he said, "You take whatever, I'll take what's left. You choose one, I'll take the other," and so there came a time when they were two too big a concern that they they couldn't uh, feed their cattle together in the same place so they had to divide and uh, it says in verse 7 of chapter 13 and of Genesis there was strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and uh, that's where some of these where many times arguments start is uh, with strife and uh, and so then we have the um, Uncle Abraham, kind, benevolent, generous person, said to Lot, you just choose and I'll take what's left. And so in verse 10 it says, Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld the plain of Jordan. And that's where it started. He saw the best. And he decided, I'm going to take what's, what's best. Uh, verse 11, then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves one from another. And then verse 12, And Abraham dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. And we all know where the, the Bible uh, talks about Sodom, and uh, the wickedness that was in that city. And uh, we find... Um, we find in, in chapter 14 then 
when these kings uh, uh, rose up against uh, some of the cities, uh, Sodom, was, Sodom and Gomorrah was one of the cities that were defeated. And uh, it says they took Lot, Abraham's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom. So you see a, a, you see a progression there of Lot's downfall. Uh, he, there was first strife, and then he, he saw the best and chose for himself the best. And then he pitched his tent toward Sodom, that wicked city, and finally he was living there in Sodom. And uh, if you go into, um, I think it's chapter 19, where it talks about um, Sodom being destroyed, it says that, that Lot, uh, Lot was sitting at the gate of Sodom. Apparently he was of, uh, had come to be somewhat of a, uh, a leader or a, uh, an official in Sodom. And so we see the compromise with evil that uh, was in that day of Lot. And we see the, uh, the uh, sin and the, um, the awfulness of Sodom. If you read that, not, we're not going to read that this morning, but if you read that 19th chapter and the, uh, uh, the uh, debauchery and the sin and the, uh, how low they had stooped in that city of Sodom. And uh, Jesus said, uh, as it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. We think uh, we, uh, we associate Sodom with uh, homosexual activity because that's what they're, they're noted for. Ezekiel 16.49 uh, mentions the iniquity of Sodom, and this is what it says. It says they were full of pride. And they, uh, they were pri it was pride and fullness of bread an abundance of idleness and neglect of the poor and needy. And Ezekiel says that was the, the, the iniquity of Sodom. So it wasn't only that um, they were, their uh, sexual orientation was skewed, and uh, that wasn't the only thing, but also it mentions pride, fullness of bread, abundance of idleness, and neglect of the poor and needy. And Jesus said, as it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. And so we have these, we have these uh, warnings, and we have this example. Um, Jesus said, "Remember Lot's wife." It's just a little short verse, but it's it's in um, in Luke 17 there, where he's talking in that context, and he. And he said, remember Lot's wife. And so we have, uh, we have this lesson that um, we're not to uh, know. Uh, his wife had, had children there, yet in that city. Uh, so did Lot. Uh, here's what it says about... Um, what the angels told Lot. Um, and the men said unto Lot, Hast thou here any besides son-in-law 
and thy sons and thy daughters and whatever thou hast in the city bring them out of this place for we will destroy this place because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord and the Lord has sent us to destroy it and the Lord went out and spake unto his sons-in-law which married his daughters and said up get you out of this place for the Lord will destroy this city but he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law so here we have the sad story of Lot and how he chose for himself the very best and and uh, uh, gravitated toward that sinful city of Sodom and finally lost his family most of them in that uh, in that uh, uh, when Sodom was destroyed but uh, his wife we know that story how she looked back and and was caught in that said she became a pillar of salt I'm not sure how all that developed and how all that came but it seemed like it was quite instant and and uh, she died with her children and Lot ended up in a cave in the mountains with only two daughters uh, Jesus said remember Lot's wife Uh, one other uh, verse or uh, several verses that talk to us about this uh, things like this being examples to us I'd like to read from 1 Corinthians 10 uh, this is another uh, another account um, when God destroyed people for their sin but um, it talks about the children of Israel there in the wilderness uh, 1 Corinthians 10, uh, verse 6. Now these things were our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happened unto them for examples. And they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. And then the verse that perhaps we've all, a lot of us have memorized. There hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man, but God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape, that ye may be able to bear it. These are uh, these things that I'm uh, uh, talking about this morning are examples to us. They are warnings for us. And uh, the, the, um, the parallels are, are frightening, it seems to me. Well, maybe that's not the right word to use, but the parallels are, are, um, uh, are so close to what we're uh, experiencing in the world today. The, the um, uh, murder and violence, the um, um, all of the... Uh, unrestrained passions and uh, 
uh, the way marriage has become many many times just a joke and um, the uh, the way that uh, the gay uh, society and and uh, those who are for that have have uh, bent legislation and bent um, church leaders uh, bent uh, and influenced people throughout the world so that people that you would never never dreamed would uh, would would come to the point where they would advocate that the gay lifestyle actually is is okay and um, and so it was in the days uh, of Noah it was in the days of Lot and so it is in our days what is our um, what should we be doing what is our approach to this what is our uh, um, what should we be thinking of well we need to be faithful just a little bit of a look at Noah's character uh, it says he found grace in the eyes of the Lord and also uh, Hebrews the 11th chapter talks about Noah it says by faith Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet moved with fear prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith Noah's faith and uh, that he found grace in the eyes of the Lord are uh, things that uh, and, and I'm not sure what all uh, we could say about Noah's character except uh, it does mention it that way that he was a man of faith and uh, I think in one place it says he was a man who was perfect in his generation and so he was he was a man who was uh, godly he he uh, sought the Lord. And even today, then, I think we need to be men of faith, people of faith, uh, people who are faithful to the Lord, people who are, are willing to obey the Lord, people who are willing to, willing to follow the Lord even in the face of ridicule, in the face of mockery, and uh, in the... In the even in the face of the blackest of sins uh, in the world around us and in society around us we need to be people who are people of faith like Noah and if we are I believe we can be like Noah and find grace in the eyes of the Lord this verse in uh, Hebrews tells us that he was a man of faith uh, the ground of faith was was the word of God and uh, he believed God uh, the sphere of faith there was uh, things not seen as yet you know, he didn't uh, he couldn't see how everything was he couldn't see exactly but he believed God um, I just recently seen a little definition of faith I don't know if it's a definition or not but it says, faith is like stepping on seeming void 
and finding your foot on a solid rock. You know, we, we don't see sometimes uh, ahead, and yet we step out on faith. I'll repeat that. Faith is like stepping on a seeming void and finding your foot on a solid rock. Noah was a man who was by faith. He was the driving force of faith is he was moved with fear. Uh, faith believes the judgment of God. And as we think of the subject this morning, the um, the day of Noah and Lot and how it parallels with our day that we are living, um, we need to fear. We need to be moved by fear. Uh, we need to be uh, those who believe that when God promises that uh, it's all going to be over and the world is going to burn with fire and uh, all of that, uh, we need to be people that believe that. And. Uh, and not to shrug it off. <clears throat> and um, if you're uh, if you're feeling depressed by this message, I'm going to end up a little bit more positive than this, because uh, this is a message that uh, you know it it can cause us to be depressed and fearful, and yet there's uh, there's hope. And so just stay with me here just a little bit. And uh, I'm not going to over be over time either. The evidence of faith, evidence of Noah's faith was that he prepared an ark. And the effects of his faith was then that he, his household was saved. He saved his wife, his sons and their wives, eight people. And the witness of his faith, he condemned the world. And the rewards of faith is he was the heir of righteousness. Not only that, it says he was a preacher of righteousness. And, and I'm not sure what all that includes, but it seemed to me that when, uh, when Abraham or when Noah was building that, building that ark, um, and some have said that it hadn't rained up to this time, and I'm, I'm not sure how all that was, but uh, it could, that certainly could have been because it says God watered the, the uh, vegetation and all with the, with the dew and, and uh, so on. But uh, when God said it's going to rain, and uh, Noah didn't doubt. If he did, he didn't show it in, our, in the record we have because he obeyed God and he went went ahead and and uh, through all these years in building that huge boat and uh, just for information how big was that I have some have a few uh, statistics here if I can find my uh, in my notes Okay, the, um, the ark was uh, 450 feet long. Um, Clay, and how long is your chicken house? It's a little longer than that. Okay, yeah. 
you, know, you stand at the end of that chicken house and look down through there, you get an idea of what the ark was like. Um, the little um, book that we, uh, I don't know, Wendon might have it yet, the, the book that has some of the pictures in that we use for the, for the tabernacle studies has a picture of the ark. It was, it's interesting. Uh, notice that sometime. The ark was 75 feet wide, it was 45 feet high. It had three decks, three stories. And um, it was huge. And what, uh, uh, it's hard to imagine what it must have taken for Noah and his family to build that and uh, to be, but he, he believed God and he went ahead. Uh, in the face of mockery, in the face of uh, uh, telling people it's going to rain, it's going, the, the, God's going to destroy the earth. Uh, but they, they didn't listen. And so when we think of the parallels then of our day, all of the sin and all of the debauchery and all of the... Um, Just um, what I have written here, uh, universal apostasy, religious indifference. These are things that we see in our world today. So what are we to do? In all this violence, there is an arc of safety. You know, it, it, we don't have to... Uh, we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be, be um, sidetracked because of this. But uh, as it was in the days of Noah, so we also have an ark of safety. And here's just a few points for that in closing. First of all is a meaningful relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And if... Uh, we need to come to him for salvation. And we need to stay with him. Not just, uh, not just be saved, but to live for him. A meaningful relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ is an ark of safety. Being part of a biblical, obedient church family is an ark of safety. Being faithful to the church, being faithful to the Lord, uh, being faithful to each other, uh, uh, encouraging each other, helping each other, building each other up, is an arc of safety, or part of the, part of this arc of safety in this world in which we live. To keep uh, a, to keep a spiritual healthy distance between this present evil world and the body of Christ is an ark of safety. It's part of that ark. You know, we, uh, we dare not um, do like they did in Genesis where the sons of God looked on the daughters of men and there was intermarriage between those who were godly and those who were not. The, um, it, uh, and, uh, it went downhill from there. But uh, you who are young people, Seek for companions among the faithful.
it's a must if we're going to be in that ark of safety. Also, trust in the Lord Jesus who promised to come again. We need to rely on that promise. We need to be looking for him. We need to be trusting him. We need to be realizing that what he said about uh, his coming again is absolutely true. And don't be like the wicked servant that uh, Jesus talks about. He said, my Lord delays his coming. You know, we, we might get the, the, um, the idea that, well, he's not coming yet. Uh, it won't be tomorrow. I know one young man, actually um, my nephew's son, uh, his mother um, reprimanded him for getting a, a bad movie and looking at it. And She said, what if Jesus comes? Oh, he won't come. He won't come yet. That was his attitude. We need to trust in the Lord and in his promise that he will return. It could be any time. It could be before this day is over. It could be any time. And we need to be faithful. That's part of the arc of safety. We may not escape every act of violence, but we can be assured that God is beside us, even in times of testing and trial. You know, there, there are those who are innocent that sometimes are victims of violence. But uh, we, uh, and I hope and pray that none of us will be, um, uh, be victims of violence because it's, uh, it would be a, a test, a trial. And yet, even if we are, and even if persecution begins in this country, we can trust in the Lord. We need this encouragement to help us remain faithful until Jesus comes, or until our life is over. God is faithful, and uh, we can trust Him, even... Uh, even in these days like they were in the days of Lot and Noah.